Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today, we have a very jam-packed episode for everyone. We are not only talking about another Oscar-nominated film, um, Nightmare Alley, which was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, mm-hmm. We are also talking about its various other, um, what's it called? Iterations? Uh, yes, iterations. There was yes. a 1947 film for for this book. Originally, uh, the book was originally published in 1946, and then there was a movie that was released in 1947, and now there's the 2020 remake, right? 2020? 2021. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know it came out just this year. Well, Emily, that's why it's nominated for a bunch of Oscars. What do you say? It's 2022, Emily. It is also not 2021 right now. Wow. (laughs) Good. We're we're starting real good today. Wow. (laughs) We're starting real good. Um, So, (laughs) quick story time. Um, we were going to talk about this movie last week, um, along with King Richard, but we decided to watch the 1947 film, um, on YouTube, on, it's, yes, it's free on YouTube if anyone is interested. Um, we, I also saw that it was a book, so I quickly, very quickly checked Friday morning if my local library had it, and it sure as hell did. So I went on my lunch break to my local library and picked up it's it's not it's not the book by itself it's not a standalone book it is a it is a collection of crime novels so this book itself has seven six six crime novels in it one two three four five six which nightmare alley is one of them so i just read nightmare alley very quickly i i speed i I quickly read this book. Can you show everybody on the YouTubes if you can kind of show the the front of this? It says crime novels on it. Yes, just says crime novels. And it was, I guess, the editor, Robert Polito. That's the editor. So I guess he just collected these books and put them together. Yeah, this when I went to the library to find this, my library couldn't... it wasn't it wasn't listed under like an author like you know how the libraries will kind of put things they'll put them in their genres in their Authors genre areas in and their then they'll Dewey do it by author system. but yes. no this this was under cm for crime cuz it doesn't it was, have one author it's it like, doesn't have an author okay like, so there're multiple stories by multiple authors and then they were just collaborated yes yes okay i see yes okay so, but this this novel it was two hundred and seventy five pages long, and I read it in three days. Yeah, um, 
So you really I really took one for the team there, Emily. I, I didn't even touch this thing. I don't know so. what came over me, but I was like, I, I want a challenge. I want to feel anxious for no reason. And I'm going to force myself to read this. It wasn't a bad read. I was since because I was speed reading. I was like, I was following my finger. I was like doing the finger trick where you like you move your finger along, along the, the lines really fast. And I was reading very quickly. So I probably didn't really get the essence of the book as I was reading. I was kind of just getting plot. Yeah. Because um, there are a lot of very different things about the book that, that the movies did or did not do, um, which I mm. thought, which will now be a very interesting topic and discussion point as we discuss this movie today. So I do yeah. not regret reading this book because now we have all these fun things to talk about especially one specific scene that i am very excited to share with alessandra because this book this book is is whack <laughs> this book is it's okay. it's very dated it's very parts of it are very offensive um yes. just with the, with the terminology used and just the, the situations like it's very dated it's very old yeah um but there's also just some very interesting writing that I'm excited to, to share with Alessandra today and all of you. Um, but yes, so where do we want to start, Alessandra? Uh, well, this is a Guillermo del Toro movie, so... The 2021 version, yes. Yes, the new one. And as we all remember, Guillermo del Toro won big with Shape of Water, including Best Picture. Um. So the the Academy really likes Guillermo del Toro, and he's a really great creator. As they should. He's a very great storyteller as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a little sad that we didn't get to see, you know, any crazy creatures in this, in this, in his new movie. Um, Except for some, from some pretty, um, some pretty dark and disturbing uh, props and like, um, like set pieces like that that yeah that baby in the water is very creepy um very creepy and just the overall tone of the movie was just very creepy and very guillermo so it's like it it Mm -hmm. it felt like a his type of movie but just the fact that i didn't get to see like the the water creature from shape of water or even hellboy like you know i wanted to see you know some sort of some sort of monster but in this movie the monsters were just the humans these humans were terrible people. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, especially Bradley Cooper's character. Um, and just like everybody at the carnival, at the circus. They, you know, they were all really like... It's like a 1930s, like it takes place in like the 30s. So it's like a film noir kind of feeling this movie mm-hmm. um i think initially and while watching it i felt like it was too long mm-hmm. um and i think that the story was a little bit i don't know like things happened but i feel like it didn't really build up a pace enough for me i felt like it's kind of it kind of didn't um build up the drama to the finale of the movie uh super well yeah it felt very subdued and just yeah definitely very long like it just which is crazy because the book has a lot of plot in it 
and which which the 1947 film kind of covers a bit more. Um, and I actually thought the 1947 film was was better paced. I mean, yes, it 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 happened. It kind of touched on the the highlights of the of the story very well. It kind of even added some things that the new movie did not add. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the 1947 film was slightly more enjoyable to watch just because I thought it it didn't it didn't feel like it took as long. Like when we were halfway through the film, I was like, "Wow, we're already halfway through" because it was like a good two hours long as well. It was like an hour and fifty mm-hmm. fifty nine minutes mm-hmm. um, on YouTube, and I thought it went by very quickly it didn't feel like I was watching the movie for very long. I was kind of working on other stuff while I was watching it kind of like you did um, mm-hmm. but I was still paying attention and taking in everything that was happening um, but it was just it was just a bit more enjoyable to watch than the new movie um, yeah I mean everything about the new movie was definitely very beautiful mm-hmm. and the acting is fun and it, it's a noir so they're very dramatic and they've got really dramatic makeup and really dramatic lighting and costumes um but i just feel like they were kind of in a different movie like it felt like everything was so bold about them but everything with the story was a little bit like kind of blundering characters were too colorful for their story or something like yeah their atmosphere didn't quite like didn't quite like match up to them like just in terms of things happening um sorry about the loud whatever the heck is going on outside again i don't know what's what's happening Uh, i don't know um i specifically didn't really like bradley cooper and he was the lead like playing the same guy as this guy next to me uh stanton carlisle um I just thought that he was, he's, mm, I didn't really see his, his evilness very well, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like, Mm -hmm. he kind of did things, very evil things, but I just didn't, like, believe it as much. Especially at the end, he was getting a little bit manic, but I just didn't feel the mania that much in the story. Therefore, I didn't see the mania so much when he, like, murdered the guy, you know? Yeah. It was kind of, like, too much at the end. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so, from my point of view, now having, like, three versions of of Stanton Carlyle to look at, um, the Stanton Carlyle in Guillermo's movie definitely felt like he was supposed to be painted as more of a villain evil guy which i mean he is he's a hustler in all three stories he mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. swindles people out of money makes them think that they're talking to their dead loved ones like he he's a he's a he's a spook artist like he's a yeah. he's a mentalist or a or a, there are lots of terms being thrown around a yeah. mentalist a spiritual something I, I think um the book kind of goes more into like what he does and he actually makes a whole career out of it which is kind of what the the 1947 movie tried to do yeah. Um where like he starts a whole church. Like he wow. He he convinces yeah. an old woman that that her dead daughter wants her to move to California and uh-huh. and sh- and and had that her that her dead daughter wants to give like she wants to give her house to to Stanton Carlisle so he can start his church. Like that's what Stanton 
tells this old lady, mm-hmm. like, your daughter wants you to move to California and give your house to me. Like, that's, so he's, he's obviously using this, like, swindle people, but, like, in the book, I don't, like, in the movie, straight up, Guillermo's like, this guy murders people. He will kill to get what he wants. He, mm-hmm. he is, mm-hmm. he's a maniac. Like, from the beginning, when we see from the beginning, dead yes. dad being holed into the hole and lit yes. on fire. And, and, and later seeing that he did, in fact, kill him, like, killed him in his sleep. Yeah. Um, or, like, he, Yeah. So like we saw that. So Stanton is and definitely he blatantly painted. kills. He blatantly yeah. kills. Uh, what's his name? Um, Pete. He like obviously kills Pete. Whereas yeah. in the 1947 one, it was an accident. Right. Yes, that's and that's how, how the book. Painted. And that's how the book makes it sound too. Like it was yeah. more like later on when he when he meets Kate Blanchett's character. Uh, I think her name is Lilith. She's like a, a therapist, like a psychiatrist or something. She yeah. kind of makes him believe that he killed, like, for, in, in the book's point of view and the 1947 point of view, she kind of makes Stanton think that he killed Pete, you know, because, you know, he wanted to be with Xena or he wanted, yeah. he wanted Xena to be in his two-person act. Like, he wanted, he wanted to rise up. He didn't want to just be a carny. He wanted to have a well-established stage show mm-hmm. and be popular and be famous and get a mm-hmm. lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um and he needed a, an experienced person for that. And that was Xena, but like Pete was in the way. So later on, she kind of ma- manipulates him and tries to make him think that he did it on purpose. But the book made it sound like it was an accident. Um, and mm-hmm. so did the 1947 film. Exactly. So it's just a, a very interesting change yes. for the new movie where it's just like, Stanton's bad. He's a murderer. Yeah. Um, and he, and not to mention, he, he kills that guy. He kills a, a Ezra Grindle or something. Yeah. Which he, which Richard he Jenkins. doesn't. He doesn't in the book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just. And not even just, in the in the 1947 one either. No. No. Um, yeah. No. Which it's like fine, but I just felt like he didn't have any growth into the direness of how far he could take something. Right. He doesn't become a new person by the end of the movie. He no. is completely the same person he just yeah. takes it too far and i yeah. you know that and it, it's obviously a more of a fable about taking things too far and not swindling people and stuff like that right um yeah and in the end he becomes the the geek right which mm-hmm. i felt was a lot more effective in the newest movie than in the older movie because in the older movie his wife saves him um but in the new one he's just he just becomes the the geek but it again he like didn't really i don't know like we didn't really see him delving into the mania that much i felt like he didn't have enough um insanity towards the end of the movie to really justify murdering somebody and then becoming a drunk um, he just kind of was that scary guy the whole time. And that's, that's yeah. also how I feel about Lilith. That's also how I feel about the fact that, um, uh, Cape Blanchett's character comes in hot as a pretty skeezy lady in the new one. Like you see her, you don't trust her. She doesn't have the face of somebody you should trust. I don't know no. why it, She's it too was beautiful. Not, Shouldn't yeah, trust her. Her face, <laughs> like the way her. she was yeah. acting, the yeah. questions she was saying, like, 
why would you trust somebody who talks like that? It's like, to me, he thought that he was seeing, obviously he thought that he was seeing kind of a kindred spirit in her. So that was good. But we just, again, she was the same character. So when she double crosses him, we're like, yeah, of course she's going to double cross him, right? But in the 1947 one, she seems like a a proper psychologist. And when she does double cross him, you don't expect it from her because she's like very prim and proper. You know, she's got a really cool like button suit, you know, things like that. And like, it's... uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think think the new movie missed a lot of the like important like aspects and themes of the book and and even like which which the 1947 movie I think just did a hell of a lot better like mm-hmm. again talking about Lilith um and talking about Stan uh Bradley Cooper's uh portrayal of Stan Carlyle like yes in the book Stan Carlyle like can't sleep for for mm-hmm. weeks and mm-hmm. that's why he goes to see Lilith um the therapist he doesn't see like he doesn't meet her at a show like she has never been to a show wow she's she she has never met him and he just he's just having trouble sleeping he's just having a hard time and and that's when he books an appointment to go have a have an appointment with her and and try to get help and that's when she kind of like inquires it's kind of seems like she has maybe a second sight of some sort which they kind of touch on in the new movie Mm -hmm. um and in the old well, I, I think they kind of just speak through it, like, just conversationally, where in the movie yes. it kind of makes it sound like she has, like, a second sight. Um, she has the ability to understand the tells that people have, similar to the way that Stanton does. Yeah, yeah. And then and then she kind of, like, seduces Stanton, and that's kind of how... That's kind of how she kind of gets into it. She's interested, like, oh, okay, you need some info on people. I can help you with that. And she's, you know, it's offering her money. And she's like, I don't want money. Like, she's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, and she's obviously a hustler. Like, she cons him. And we learn that in, in every iteration of the story. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know what the new movie was was taking so long. Like, I think the beginning circus part just took way too long. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole, it was the first third of the movie. Even a little bit yeah. more than that, I think. Yeah, and the story was was pretty was pretty well separated, half and half, like half at the carnival, and then half when Molly and Stan kind of run off together. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't get married in the book ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, think they did it in the forties because of the the code. Right. Like, yeah, know. they're a couple. They have to. They're sleeping together. They have to yeah. be married. Um, <laughs> so I mean, that's why that happened. I don't know if they ever got married or if they said it. In the new movie, did they ever? I don't think they or did. Or they just kind of run off I together? Know. I mean, I don't think it really, it doesn't really say, but it yeah. doesn't really make it clear that they're getting married, that they're married at all. Yeah. You just get a lot of, like, you. we delve into Molly's past a little bit in the book. Um, we hear about her father and kind of, kind of a, kind of a person he was. Uh, yeah. We kind of get a bit more of Stanton's background uh, with his parents and stuff like his his father was definitely hard on him when he was younger mm-hmm. um but then on his deathbed he gets a lot he gets a lot nicer and you know stan's just like this guy was an asshole to me and now he's now he's being nice because he knows he's dying like it's also it's also messed up it's also fucked up like he's mad at him but he never kills him he just he just he goes to visit him after he's become successful mm-hmm. and he's just like you know fuck you dad 
and that's it. Like he he doesn't kill him. So it's just it's interesting. Um, and Xena plays a lot more of a role. I guess they have their affair, but then she kind of helps him. Um, I I think she kind of reintroduces him back into the carnival when he's down on hard times, like after he's tried to swindle um, Ezra Grindle. Um, oh. And then he try he's trying to find a job, and he's just kind of um, taking trains around. Yeah. Xena like takes him in and like gives him like lets him bathe and eat and stuff, and he like stays there for like a week after that, and then. And then he goes to the carnival and the book ends with the guy saying like, it's a temporary position until we get a new geek. Right. That's, and that's when the story ends. So like the 1947 film just added that last scene with Molly. Because yeah, that at this was point, a ridiculous ending. In the book, Molly had run off and gotten and met someone else and, and had like a family with some other guy. Like she, she just should. completely left Stan. Yeah. Right. And just ha- has a whole new life. Like she was not in the carnival. Like she was not at the, at the circus when Stan comes back to it. So again, I think in the 1947 one, they were like, well, it has to be a good ending. <laughs> we got to get the couple back together. She's been looking it for has to be happy. Well, God, and she yeah. al- also, she never in the 1947 version ever decides on her own will that she should leave him. She never does that. He forces her to do it. Where in the new movie, obviously, Rooney Mara is a lot more of a... She's got a lot more agency. She's like, Mm -hmm. you're terrible. I'm leaving you. And he kind of lures her back and forces her to do the the ghost thing. And then she's like, my goodness, you're bad. Like, and, And it just takes a lot for her to leave, which I think is... Her story is very well done, and her arc is really well done. And I, I mean, it's it's sad that Xena is not in it more because obviously Tony Collette is like a gem on this earth, and I think it would have been good to have her more in she it. She's a more great character. Involved. I really liked her character a lot. Like Xena was probably yeah. my favorite character throughout every iteration of the book. Of, yeah, of the she's story. so cool. Yeah, yeah. She's just got the whole like she, you know, she's she does her um, circus act and. It doesn't really, like, hurt anyone. And obviously, um, Stanton takes it too far. Um, But it's just, it seems to be, like, kind of a cyclical thing. It's kind of, like, because he becomes what he didn't think he was going to become. Like, the geek in it. It's kind of, like, again, like, the fable thing of, like, you're becoming something that you you tried to avoid yeah which i kind of like like which maybe the new movie was kind of trying to trying to say that if you're a bad person you, your life will always end up being bad like maybe that's kind of why they started off stanton being a bad guy and then you know he makes his way to the top but then he quickly falls and now he's just like he's where he was meant to be this whole time and you mm-hmm. know when he kind of says like i was meant to be this guy. i like i like that ending like oh like this yeah. is a perfect it's a perfect role for me i was mm-hmm. born for this for this for this gig. Like, I liked that. I liked how it ended like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's yeah. just, it's like a full circle and it's just like a, the whole, the whole, whole thing is there. And that's like, that's why I got nominated for best picture. So, I mean, but could that have gone to something else? Maybe. <laughs> did, did something else maybe deserve it more? Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in our, in our, in our theories, in our theories and snubs. We will be sure to talk about this. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's kind of how I feel about 
other Guillermo del Toro movies is that he puts a lot, a lot of money into them. And he puts a lot of production design and a lot of good money into everything that's very important in filmmaking, which is the art. Yeah. The, the cast. Um, the I costumes. D- yeah, makeup. the costume, everything so that it looks like really, really amazing. And um, I just, it's, they're, they're just, sometimes they're too um, blundering and lo- like the editing is not always the best and the screenplays are not always the best and I just feel like they're not gripping me as much. It's how I felt about Shape of Water too. Like I was really adamant that that shouldn't win the Oscar (laughs) and it did. And you know, it's because it's like a, it's a fable, right? And so you're watching it and you're like, yeah, but like why? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I remembered really liking Shape of Water. I've, I wanted to rewatch it. I've only seen it the one time. Um, but, yeah, I've been wanting to rewatch it. Yeah. But... I mean, again, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. So, I'm not, it's I'm not I'm just not that. going to agree or disagree with you because <laughs> I remembered like it. I, I can't remember what else was nominated that year. Maybe another movie deserved it. But I'm happy Shape of Water won. I, I don't know if. That was his first win, Guillermo's first win for anything. It probably wasn't. Um, uh, was no, it? no. I think he's he's won. He's won many. He's won some stuff. Let's let's see. And uh, again, if the Academy is kind of just going with safe people because they won before. Like that's not good either. Okay, so uh, that year was his first winning year. He has been nominated. Okay. For, um screenplay for pan's labyrinth which is i think his best movie mm-hmm. um, and then that. he won for uh directing and for best picture for shape of water and then this time this movie nightmare alley is only is nominated for four oscars and it is for uh best picture for production design costume design and cinematography all right that's fine yeah very nice very nice very nice costumes were great i love that scene in the bar like where he was swindling people that was really cool like in the oh like in the the in the dinner in the the dinner room yeah those those are really pretty great and where they stayed the the hotel the inside of their room um the whole like green felt very gatsby yeah it was really pretty i i do think honestly truly 100 percent think this movie would have been better if it was in black and white which they released a black and white version of this movie back into theaters they Um, did yes they did it was re like distributed and honestly i think it would have been better i that would have been great i think that it's just you know the colors really um I don't know. They're they're good. Everything is very beautiful, which it. But, but just then like, it's distracting. Just black and white would have would have really set the tone. It would have set the yeah. theme. Would That's... have set the style. Like it would have, it would have just been like a little cherry on top. Like, yeah. That's just you know it's like what I said about House of Gucci being spoken in Italian. It would have made the movie ten times better. 
I mean, like a hundred thousand million percent. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the new movie was better than the old one in a lot of ways, obviously, because the old one is made in 1947. Like it just doesn't have, and I'm not saying that old movies can't be really good, but I think the old one had the screenplay wasn't as good and the characters weren't as well written and the, the acting was also not as good. The, the women were so bland compared the to best the actress, new one. The best <laughs> actress, I think, was the lady who played Lilith. Like, her scene where yeah. she where she double-crosses him was was really good. Like, it, like, like she that, gets that in act- her bed. Yeah, that was a, that was a good scene. Um, that was a good scene. But yeah, the actors, they... I, and again, and that's kind of how I feel about a lot of old films. Like, I just feel like people didn't know how to act back then. Like, they're just very, like, like, I love you, see? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're all very uh, just, like, they're stiff. And they're yeah. just very deliberate with their lines. And they're not fluid. They're not, they're not, like, they don't move well. Like, you know, they're just. Right. Which, again, I think. And that's I just think... because they're actors of the past. Like, that's fine. Um, but Kate but Blanchett was like that. <laughs> it did better. <laughs> What? Kate Blanchett was very, like, ugh, you know, like, the whole time. And I just, I don't yeah. know, like, just felt like she was so evil sounding. Like, she just was so villainous, you know? It was like, she was... I mean, she in... was. Like, she was also, she was also a con artist. She was also a hustler. Like, but, but... just, like... She could have been better at hiding it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. Like, everyone <laughs> felt like they had something to hide. Like, everyone felt that's like they true. were That's true double which i mean that's That's fine i'm pretty sure at this time everyone was everyone has their own agendas everyone has their own yeah you're right yeah so i i mean i think character wise and acting wise that that was probably fine but um but yeah i have to tell you okay i I don't know how much how much more we have to talk we'll be going for 30 minutes right now alessandra what i have to tell you about a scene is there a sex scene in it Oh yeah, there's there's many. This book is a this book. Oh, I wasn't all, like, expecting that. It's like okay, it wasn't like it wasn't like explicitly written sex scenes. Oh, it was just okay. like you know they're they're macking out on the bed and that's it, and it's right. like fade to black. Like oh, that's pretty much. Oh, but it happened okay. like this. But this book, like Stan sleeps with a lot of people. Like he's just he's he's just doing his own thing. Um, right. But so there's this scene <laughs> with. With the character Ezra Grindle. So in the yes. movie, we learn that Ezra had a lover who passed away in the in a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the if I, if either of the movies really go into specifics on what happened to her. I think the book kind of says that maybe she died from an abortion or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, this woman that Ezra loved is gone and he would very much love to see her again. And so he he's a very rich man. Um, he's like a businessman. He's an industrialist. Mm-hmm. I think is what they call him in the book. Um, so they, he hires Stan to, to materialize her. He wants to be able to touch this woman. Um, he wants to be able to have sex with this ghost. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. And, because Stan cannot do this, he is not able to do this, he asks Molly to do it. Right, yeah. So Molly, dressed as this man's lover, has sex with him as a ghost. 
I didn't anticipate that. I reread the scene to make sure that I didn't read through it too quickly. But I have it open right here. This is exactly what happens. I was like, when I was reading, I was like, what? This is um, unexpected. This book is whack, dude. <laughs> okay, well. And, and there was, so you know how when, when Ezra first, um, first hire Stan he wants to like make sure he's legit and like d- go- makes him go through a lie detector test yeah I think, I think the book had a lot more interesting of a of a test for that so basically okay. they had like this machine in a box like a very a very sensitive scale yeah and they were basically telling Stan to make the scale move like he had to sit away mm-hmm. and this thing had like had like a buzzer or like a light on it so if yeah. either side tipped Right. Like, a light would go off. Yeah. And it was, like, perfectly balanced, and it was not moving. It was in a glass case, so no wind could get to it. Like, it was oh. very, is a very clever um, thing True. to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and Stan makes it move. And Lilith is like, how'd you make it move? Yeah. And he never tells her. Like, he <gasps> never says. So we don't know how he did it. Like, it's just... And that's a really... So, like, I think the book... Um, the book's very interesting. Um, for for being extremely old, um, it's a very interesting story, and I really wanted to like the movies better. Like, I I think that a better remake of the of this book could could even be made, or it could be like a I don't know if it would, if it would be a show. I'm, I'm pretty sure a movie's fine, but like, I like the character of Stan because he, um, what am I trying to say? I had it and then it went. He, the, the new, the new movie and the old movie kind of touch on this, but like they, they kind of warn Stan about doing gigs like this, about, about being a mentalist and being mm-hmm. a, a spook, a spook artist, like spooking people, like getting, getting too spiritual yeah. and bringing yeah. in people's dead loved ones and stuff like that. Um, I like that they kind of touch on um, like, be careful because you might even start to believe that you have mm. these powers and that's yeah, just dangerous. They, yeah, right. And and I think the book like really touches on this because I think Stan like in a way really be- like he he says he's a hustler like he says that to many people but I think in his mind like deep down like he really thinks that he has these powers and I think that would have been a really interesting thing to kind of focus more on in mm-hmm. in both of the films and I feel like none of them really do like they yeah. warn him. Like you might start thinking that you can actually do this, and like, and again, even with the new with the new movie, he doesn't go crazy enough. And it's like if he truly thinks that he has these powers, like, I just I, I feel like it kind of it kind of almost went on to that point of like, yeah, does he really have magic? Does is he really like? Does he have second sight? Can't like can he like? I think that that would have been vague, more mysterious. Vagueness yeah, would have yeah. really been interesting. Like, does I, he actually I... have these powers? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That's a really good point, Emily. I agree with you. That'd be so cool. It would have been a lot better because it would have been a little bit more vague. I feel like yeah. it just wasn't vague, vague enough. And magical, which is right <laughs> up Guillermo's alley. Like, like yeah, just, things things seem normal, but there's just like a hint of magic. Like that's what I love about Guillermo movies because it's like Shape of yeah. Water. It's just like everything sure. is normal except but enter a, enter Water guy. Man. Yeah, yeah, enter Fishman. Right. Like Hellboy. You know. If, you know, it's it's a, it's a different universe, a different reality, but like these people just exist. Like it's normal life, but these these types of creatures and people like exist, and it's just... Pan's Labyrinth is the same way. Yes, still I need to watch that. Um, but yes, yeah, it's. So it's just like, I agree with you. So yeah, the vagueness so much of potential. Him, yeah, and honestly, it could have been more so leaning on that point. It could have had um, Lilith be a little bit more conducive to making him actually believe that he could do something like that and then yeah. using it against him rather than or, just like or taking him that for money. crazy angle or taking that mm-hmm. crazy angle and making it more because yeah it, it happens in all of the iterations like lilith when she swindles him and he comes back mm-hmm. she's like you're a patient of mine you're crazy all these right. delusions you have like yeah it really gave me like gave me like shutter island vibes uh-huh like, yeah, which was yeah. which was super cool because I love Shutter Island, sure. and and like I just I just wish like that kind of like I wish he'd gotten I don't know arrested and then taken to an insane asylum like that would have been cool too, like he he got away and he just became a hobo and then and then he becomes the geek which is fine like like that ending is still very satisfying yeah um for sure but just like just a lot of like the book just took way too long to get him back to the carnival. It was just like he he runs away from the authorities from after escaping Lilith's uh, office, mm-hmm. um, and then he's just kind of on the run, like just hopping trains and meeting other hobos and trying to swindle other hobos like into getting alcohol money. Um, and then he ends up at the carnival again. So it's just also at the end in Lilith's office, he like goes to choke her or try to kill her, and she yeah. like calls calls for security, and they come like immediately they come like like right then so they like standing outside the door like where were they how did they well, come think, so fast i think in the new movie in the new movie they was this in the new one or the old one in the new one in the new one i think in the new movie it made it seem like lilith knew that he was going to come back like so well, maybe he did she had know he's ready yeah he knew she she knew because he had she had his money so yeah, yeah, maybe they were just like ready, but then why didn't they come in before? Like he was like screaming, he like whacked her. Yeah, I did like the line where she was like <clears throat> being really dramatic and was like, "But I love you," and she was like obviously lying, and that's what that was the tell to him mm-hmm. that she, that she swindled him. It's just yeah. it was again she was too evil. <laughs> 
And she just didn't like let herself like hide the evilness like at all. Like she it was bursting out of her and she just had to help him swindle these old people. She had to help him swindle Mary Steenburgen and her husband and like, and then also yeah. Grindle. Like, I, I wish it was like more. I wish we had like it wasn't very subtle. more interactions, like more things that he was doing, more people he was interacting with that he had to swindle, not just Grindle. And, but I did like that the, you know, Mary Steenburgen was kind of insane because she like was, she missed her son so badly that she shot her husband and herself, you know. Yeah, so she um, could be with him. That was, that was, that was a cool part of the movie. Um, yeah, it just was an extra thing, like, make him a little bit like, like, he would have no remorse for doing something like that and just kind of becoming more and more evil for swindling yeah, people just, like, like show that. show his power, basically, his power of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That was, that was cool. I just, I don't know. I think when Bradley Cooper spoke, I didn't, like, believe him. Like, when he was, like, trying to convince the cop um, that he, like, knew who he was and was talking about all of his jewelry and his, his mother and everything, it yeah, was just, he was like, a lot more I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was, he was a lot scary. scary when he when he wasn't talking. Like, he didn't say anything for the first, like, 15 five minutes. to ten minutes of yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was like, is he going to talk? Like, and then he finally talks and I'm like, okay. But again, like, and it's, and I, I'm, I keep trying to understand like what kind of angle like Guillermo was going with Stan because it, yeah. it definitely seemed different from the other two iterations because Stan doesn't, it seems like he's a bad guy, obviously, but he doesn't like he, his intention is to just get money and, and to, and to live a good life. Like he just, he just wants to get enough money so he could live, live a good life. Like doing that by by hustling people is not not good obviously um but it just it's just these very different ideas of evil and moral and like is he is he evil or is he just immoral like yeah 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 which one is it and that's why with the movie it seemed the new movie it seemed like he did a straight up evil and it's just then why wasn't bradley cooper like more evil he was he was also a little bit like calculated in a lot of ways rather than falling into it he like made a lot of intentional moves towards becoming this you know once he got his mindset on becoming like a mentalist um which is good because that's how he is in the book and that's Mm -hmm. how he is in the original movie Mm -hmm. he's very Mm -hmm. strategic yeah so yeah I mean, it, it makes sense that he's interested in it and he's like, oh, I could do this too, you know, um, to get famous or to get like accolades or to swindle people and, and get money. Um, yeah. It's, it's an interesting story. I, you know, think it's, it's interesting to have a film noir up for best picture again. Like we don't have a lot of those and, um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of femme fatales in this movie with their gorgeous hair and their beautiful faces. So that's that's yeah. always nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I really liked uh, Willem Dafoe's character. The For uh, sure, Clem, man. Clem Hoadley. Yeah. Was so, like, his, his so voice was kooky. so good. He was such a good carny. Like, yeah, he really um, was. And just so, so good. So good. Like, I just, I liked, it's, it's sad that I didn't like this movie more because I love the vibe. Like, I, I love the vibe that it was given off, but. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and the story is interesting. Like, after reading it, 
and seeing the 1947 version, like, I do like the story. It's just, I just, I want it to, I want it to be even better now. I want someone else to, to do it and make it, make it the best that it can be. Um, it's probably never going to happen. No, no. The only person to do it would have, would be Guillermo and he did it and now it's here and that's what we got. I think maybe a mini series honestly would have been better. <laughs> yeah, like not like yeah, nothing nothing too long, but just something something that would have like then, paced it but, better, you know. But I I but I also feel like the book was a little too long. So like just making I don't know, like some more stuff would just have to be cut from it. Um mm. or, yeah, just shorten it down at least. But yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, let's look at these. Um, the old old version actually has a meta score, so that's cool. Um, we can look at oh, the plot keywords. Plot keywords for the old one. Oh yeah. Okay, let's take a look. Plot keywords are mentalist, sideshow, alcoholic, carnival, psychologist. All right. Very good. Good plot keywords there. The tagline for the old one is, he was all, all things to all men, but only one thing to all women. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to women, wrap my head around that. Women definitely were only, like, the supporting roles of him in, in this these stories, um, or oh, else yeah. double-crossing him. The female characters so, in the book were written horribly. Like, oh they were so bad. Um, yeah. Like Molly was super annoying in the book. Just, like, just the fact that Stan did so many things that she, did, that she didn't want to do. And it's just like, girl, why didn't you just leave? And yeah, and, and you know how you mentioned in the, in the 1947 movie that she never actually, like, like, decides to leave him yeah that's kind of how it happens in the book like uh-huh. well she's he, he's dutiful he right? tells her to go to florida and like yeah. wait for him there and of course he never shows up and so she just kind of does her own like i think she just kind of leaves like she um what was it it was i don't know there was a <laughs> in the scene in the scene where molly is is having sex with ezra grindle as a ghost, um, like, and she's trying to get away, like, like, she goes, like, Sam, help me, and that's what Ezra's like, you hustler, like, like, you hustled me, and, and Stan, Stan just punches them both unconscious and leaves, <laughs> like, he doesn't, like, so I think at that point, Molly wakes up and, and does not go to find him, like, she just, she just kind of- He, he is, punched Molly? He punched, he, like, yeah, like, like at some point, at some point, she she just she wakes up in the in the mansion or something, and she, and then she just leaves. Like I don't know. Like the guy who played the... um his henchman dude was in that TV Anderson? show Mind Hunter. Yeah, he was great. Mind Hunter. It's that one with um uh what's his name? The cute guy from Hamilton. <laughs> Um, Jonathan Groff. Mm. He's he's like, it takes place in like 
the 70s or the 60s, the 60s, uh-huh. and they're, like, hunting serial killers. They're, like, well, not hunting. They're, like, trying to understand serial killers. Oh. Okay. For, like, the first time. So it's him and Jonathan Groff, and they're the leads of the show. Interesting. Oh. Oh, my oh, it's God. a Netflix show. Emily said, sorry, Danny said the funniest thing today when we were watching TV. He was like, one of the clues on Jeopardy was The Last Duel, that movie that came out, that Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, yeah. And Danny um, called him Ripley Scott, and then he was like, Ripley's Believe It or Scott! Ridley's Believe It or Scott! Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, wow. I was was laughing pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were, Alessandra. That joke is that joke is right up your nightmare alley. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. Thank you, I tried. Okay. Um yeah, the characters in the book were terrible. The female characters in the book were horrible. Like I just I wanted them to I wanted them to do Xena Xena was probably written the best. Like, yeah, and, and then and then Lilith because she ends up getting the upper hand and like and and conning him back, which is which is pretty cool. Like that's why I actually I do really like Lilith's character. Um, and then Xena, but Molly, yeah, she's just. <sighs> There's a French um, cover for this Nightmare Alley on here, and it's called Le Charlatan. To charlatan, yeah. Charlatan. Oh my goodness. That's also, awesome. when you were waving your hands around, you went like this and I saw your little uh gremlin on the on the side there. So if anybody sees oh, yeah. a gremlin on YouTube, it's it's in the corner. It made a little appearance when you waved oh, your yeah. hand. My gremlin that I no. got from um that I got from the fair. I won it in a in a carnival game. The one of the really difficult ones, the one you have to like hit the ball at the back of the uh, on the on the board and then drop it into the bucket. Like it's that one, that really yeah. difficult one that and they then, only allow you to to play once. If, and if you win, you can't play again. The ghost um, of your dead grandpa was like, "Ooh, that one." <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, just like they're trying to swindle you. They're like, "He's here." He's right next to you, putting a hand on your shoulder. Oh yeah, he's guiding me. Yeah, he's guiding me. Um, no, it took me many tries to get that to get that stupid thing. Um, but I love it. <laughs> like twenty five dollars tries. Um, no, maybe like ten bucks. Ten bucks worth of of, of play tickets. And yeah. they they let me do a ton of free ones too. So it, it was like, a, but no, definitely got swindled. I mean, it's it's a carnival game. Yeah, I'm supposed to. There's every everyone loses in the end, even if you win. I did um, like the production design on this because I thought that it wasn't too like, especially of the carnival. Oftentimes, carnivals are a little bit um, retroactively like adjusted for what people thought they were like. So then they add a little bit more stuff, a little bit crazier, a little bit more uh, nicer mm-hmm. things than they actually had. You know. Yeah. But I feel like this one was so true to probably what it was really like in the 1930s. And it was very ragtag, you know? Yeah, ragtag, dirty, creepy. Yeah, but not like... Cheap. 
Yeah, and even in that, like, House of Horrors that he went to go get the geek in, you know, that was a really good scene because it was just, like, we got to see a little bit more of this circus, and um, I liked how grimy everything looked. It looked really good. Like, it didn't look, like, you know, scary to be scary. It it was, like, very realistic. It wasn't, like, too, you know, American Horror Story carnival, you know what I mean? Yeah. I also, speaking of the carnival and, like, the the carnival people who work it, um, I also really, and I, I don't think either either movie did this too much, but in the book, the, the carnies actually, like, do hang out a lot, and they, like, talk, and they mm-hmm. have, like, a bit better of, like, um, relationships, like, working together at this place. Like, they all help each other out, and they're, like, they have each other's backs, and um, it's interesting, in the movie, in both movies, like, the, the police kind of have to show up and kind of, like, check out the carnival and, you know, they almost arrest Molly for being scantily dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the book, there's a reason for that. So one of the guys who travels with them, um, he I, I guess he was just causing a lot of trouble with for them at every location they went to, like, picking fights with, with guests who came to the carnival and just trying to um, cheat people more than just normal carny cheating people like he was trying to like gamble and like make people lose their money and like just just overall making guests mad mm-hmm. and so clem basically fires him like he's like get out of here like you're not gonna you're gonna you're not gonna travel with us anymore and then he mm-hmm. tips off the police and tells oh, them to come he, check out yeah, the, the he's carnival. mad yeah it's like that's that's kind of why the police show up and like i thought that kind of conversation those types of scenes would have been nice if we were going to be hanging out at the carnival for so long which we did like in mm-hmm. in both movies like there's a bit more like we kind of talked to uh, bruno a lot more um mm-hmm. and stuff like that our very own uh ron perlman hellboy yeah um, i love hellboy <laughs> that's I'm just gonna keep bringing up hellboy okay because I, I love hellboy yeah um but yeah so i mean that would have been nice to see and i just felt like we didn't get whole bunch of that it's hard to think what the new movie actually did like there was so much movie it was two hours and 30 we had, minutes what we was, had a lot of time we doing? with xena and pete that was good um true. yeah yeah which was better than the yeah. old one because you kind of felt sorry for pete um and you felt sorry for xena living with pete um but i liked their their relationship I thought that was very well done. Yeah. I showed you this, Alessandra, but the book is also cool because every chapter is represented by a tarot card. So it was cool to see the different artwork at the beginning of every episode. I'll try and find one right now so I can show the YouTube peoples. Um, So like... Is that the chariot? Oh, no. Empress? Did it go away? Yeah, it went away. That's Um, a chariot. The chariot, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I saw I it like that. a tiny little bit, and I was like, oh, that's a chariot. Uh, yeah. Did you? Mm. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, not sure if, like, the chapters kind of had to do with the tarot card. Obviously, the last one was the hangman. Um, so yes, that was... That's... And that was kind of a bad omen throughout the entire movie. Um, that was good, it was like, yeah. It was like, Stan's gonna be the hangman. Um, and... Right. Which like is, that, so. yeah, the hangman is somebody who is kind of um, sacrificed it away and also has a little bit, they don't have a lot of control over what mm-hmm. is going on to them. 
what is happening to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> so this uh, old one, the nineteen seventy, the nineteen forty seven one, had a seventy five meta score. And I don't know if all these are from the time, which I think that they are. Really? Uh. No. Really? No. I mean. No. I can't. This person. I mean, there's things that are updated, but like, I can't really tell. I think it's just people who happen to. Maybe just critics who happen to watch the movie kind of later on. And then, and like, like this one's from 2005. This first one, the Los Angeles Times gave it a 90. Yeah. Um, this one was posted in 2005. So some of them kind of have dates on them. Um, okay. So definitely not from the original. Here we go. The Observer. Something mm-hmm. must have happened in 2005 because the Observer that gave it an 80 also did a review in 2005. Maybe they released it like on dvd or something you know yeah something like that. probably something like that yeah um let's see while i'm here i'll read the the 90 uh yeah los angeles times uh jules ferdman penned the uncompromising script edmund golding directed with a master hand there you go and i'm just i'm gonna read the New York Times 50, which is definitely from August 10th, 1947. Okay. <gasps> really? It says New York Times staff, not credited. So we don't know who wrote this. Oh. Um, despite some fine and intense acting by Mr. Power and others, this film traverses distasteful dramatic ground and only rarely does it achieve any substance as entertainment. Whoa. They were a little bit morally angry at this movie. Didn't like it. Uh-huh. Didn't like it. But generally, it did really well. Pretty much everything except for the lowest are a 75 and above. So this movie uh, definitely like has a, a nice, you know, people remember it fondly for sure. I do think it's a little bit ridiculous sometimes, but, you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, going off of what... Of what it was based off of, goodness, it has to be it has to be a little crazy, which is good. Like I, you know what? I I mean, this isn't really. I, I don't know where I where I got this thought, but like just the the craziness and like the kind of wackiness of it kind of made me think about Baz Luhrmann a little bit in a way. Yeah. Um, but not sure if this would really be his be his thing, but um, thought it could be. Yeah. I mean, he likes I mean, drama. He's, he, he's... He, yeah, he, he's worked on more dramatic stuff and uh, kind of like like noir in a way, a little bit. Like he did Gatsby, Greg Gatsby, and then he did a, mm-hmm. um, The Get Down. I don't know. So like he kind of works like... He works in drama a lot. It, yeah. it, they're usually big like sweeping, like Australia. It's a really dramatic movie. True. Yeah. Um. He probably could have adapted this story as well. I don't know mm-hmm. if you'd want to, but, you know, I don't see I don't why know. not. Yeah. It would have been a lot flashier. would have been a lot less realistic. This movie was quite realistic, uh, or at least very grounded 
in reality. Which is probably why I wanted someone like Guillermo or Baz to do this, to kind of make it a bit more fantastical, a little bit more unbelievable, a little bit more crazy. Like, that's, that's, that's probably where I, like, my mindset is for that. Um... Let's compare to the plot keywords of the new movie. Um, we've <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got male full frontal nudity, carnival, infidelity, fugitive, and femme fatale. There you go. Who who was naked? Was it the geek? Um, no. You you definitely saw um, Bradley Cooper. Bradley, I, I think you did. Did you see it in the bat sub? No. In the bat sub scene? Didn't no. you see it? Who did you see? No, I think I think he did. Like kind of like through the water. Is that really full frontal? No, it's not. <laughs> Also, this is another scene that I'm completely forgetting. Um, there, I noticed when I was watching that scene, the only thing I could think of was that two Oscar-nominated movies this year have mm-hmm. bathtub handjobs. Eyes <laughs> of Tammy Faye. <laughs> oh, that's right! <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's that, a pretty yeah. fun band name. Everybody, take you could take it. Bats up hand jobs. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. This love movie it. got a seventy meta score. Um, surprisingly less than than the original, but not by much. <laughs> there I are mean... several one hundreds up here, so people really liked it. And the lowest one is a 40. Uh, Very panned movie. This movie had a large, large, massive difference of people who thought different things about it. Um, I will read the playlist 42, since since I'm reading the low ones today, apparently. Oh, yeah, you are. Bloated at nearly 140 minutes with Cooper clearly miscast in the lead, it struggles to maintain urgency. (laughs) Dreary and overly saturated with the CGI patina, this new take on Nightmare Alley adds more gore and F-bombs to the source material, but ultimately remains emotionally inert and unclear exactly what it wants to say about these characters and the world they inhabit. Yeah! That's a really good one, Alessandra. That's like exactly how I feel. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Since I'm basically, I'm basically an expert since I've read the book. <laughs> you are probably more of an expert than a lot of people out there. You actually physically went to the library to get this book. You took time out of your day and then a took more time had to reading help it. Me. Well, everyone had to help me find this book because I was not. I'm I'm already really bad at finding books on bookshelves in in anywhere. So, like the fact that I needed someone, so the person who I talked to had to find another librarian to help me because they're like, <laughs> I can't help you find this book. I'm gonna find someone who can help you find this book. They, well, they and love two people help me. They love that because you're you're legit. You're asking something, and they, they, it just takes time out of their 
librarian lives to help you. And it's probably not as interesting as trying to find this random crime book that and they you know, know they have. This somewhere. crime book got some love. Got some love because of me. You know, it probably hasn't the, felt hasn't felt the any touch affection. of a human the for touch a of long a human time. For a long time. <laughs> Much like Xena. Oh. Oh. Okay. Sad. A lot Zena. of fun little blurbs here on the bottom, like Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle. That's a good word. I know. Um, let's see, which one do I want to read out of the one hundred since I'm reading the high numbers today? Let's see. Um, I'm going to read the timeout 60. Okay. What happens when you haul all the trappings of a genre rooted in post-war cynicism and lay them out raw for modern day movie goers? You end up with something like Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, a heady feeding, fleeting pleasure that prioritizes craft over moral complexity with themes of class friction and fraudulent spirituality that once would have landed like haymakers packing much less punch today. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, I've 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 narrowed it down to two, just because. Okay. Well, I've already talked about this one, so I don't want to. I'll just do this one. The Independent. Uh. Uh, gave it a one hundred. Del Toro can do world building in his sleep, but you might also find Cooper's brutal performance, uh, filled with such elemental sadness, hard to shake off. My morality is the shadow that lingers. Interesting. Uh, it's like, they're not completely wrong, because, like, the story stuck with me enough to want to search out the book. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know, I've just been obsessively thinking about this book for a weekend that I'm still kind of on that on that high a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe I'm just still coming down, but um, it's lingering for me. It's lingering in this little obsessive compulsive brain up here. So I'm really proud of you for literally finding out about this one week ago and then making it your mission to get this book and read it before this podcast. And honestly, that's dedication right there to the craft. Par Apparently, I just needed a, a friendship threat from you to get my shit together. And I, and I did. And guess what, Emily? You took it too far. You, you took I it took it way too far. I'm now obsessively reading. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I know this is bad, but I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I can stop whenever I want. <laughs> That's why you don't start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> just like uh, just like him in the movie and if she was so like god just the psychology Ooh. and just being like oh you keep saying you don't drink you don't touch the stuff what happened why don't you drink what did you do did you kill this man it's like my goodness calm down <laughs> yeah and, and lilith goes over a lot of that stuff like she really diagnoses him like in the yeah. book and it's just it was just such a it was such a fast like 
this quick scene in the in the new movie when like she really she talks about like his parents' separation, his mother's new boyfriend, like how he yeah. feels about about these people and how he takes those feelings and and puts them into his how he reacts to things today. Like she really like goes all out and she like really she psychoanalyzes him. Yeah, she really psychoanalyzes him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just. Potential was there. Potential was there, but didn't quite, didn't quite get there in my eyes. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about, about these, about this story long enough. Um, you enjoyed this episode and, and my ramblings, um, our ramblings. Yeah. Please rate and review our show. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You could also listen to our podcast on Apple, not Apple, Amazon Music and Spotify. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, email us, say hello. You could email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. We also have various social media, so please check that out. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, where you might be watching right now. Um, just search All By The Popcorn or All By The Popcorn Podcast and like, follow, subscribe to our pages. We'd really appreciate it. If you're watching this video, please give it a thumbs up. We appreciate you watching this on YouTube. Um, and we have some merch. So please check that out. But thank you so much for listening and watching. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.